It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we have a special show for you today. Uh, Our own Landon McCool, follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB, sat down with Daniel Hewson, better known as at Cowboy Stats on Twitter. Uh, And they had a fantastic discussion about the Cowboys training camp, different personnel usages. Uh, Landon was out at Oxnard tracking all the personnel and the formations that the Cowboys were using. And they kind of put it in context of how Kellen Moore's offense might look this year uh, in comparison to Scott Linehan, some of the pre-snap motion. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into that conversation. Uh, I know you guys will enjoy it. So here's Landon. Guys, I am super excited to be joined by my buddy, my pal, Daniel Houston at Cowboys Stats. Uh, and we, first of all, Daniel, say hello to the people. Hey everyone! Um, back. He's back. Uh, we we had such a great reception <laughs> on Daniel's first, uh, you know, appearance on on the pods, uh, and I I knew that I wanted to do something else with him, and uh, you know, and this is the part where we explain what we're doing and how we got here, Daniel. Uh, you know, I guess this all started um, with you know Kel Moore being uh, named the 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 new offensive coordinator of the. Dallas Cowboys. I had previously been doing some personnel tracking at training camp. You know, the previous years I had been, you know, Rabble and I had dabbled in this. Rabble and I dabbled, which uh, I do <laughs> want to mention Rabble, who helped get gather some of this data that we use. So special thanks to Rabble Razor, Sean Kirshner. Um, but we used to we used to kind of personal like, hand write, you know, the personnel that was going out at least just to kind of try to get an idea of how it was getting deployed and, 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 and these, these guys were being used. And really last season, last training camp was the one where I really started to try to track it a little bit clearer because there was the thought process of wide receiver by committee, how much, you know, who's getting the most snaps and who's, who's getting deployed and in what ways and that sort of thing. And so I thought, I felt like, you know, it was especially pertinent Um, this year. Uh, because there was a change in offensive coordinator and, and, and in the in the process of trying to discover who Kellen Moore is and what Kellen Moore is going to be as an offensive coordinator for this team, you know, studying Chris Peterson and Boise State and listening to him even talk, uh, Kellen Moore talk about the, those offense. A lot of what we heard about was about personnel usage, motion, pre-snap motion shifts and that sort of thing. And so I decided that this year I wanted to try to tackle tracking that information on all of the first team full pad, full speed reps that the the Cowboys did at training camp this year. And 
lo and behold, I had just made great friends with great Twitter friends with my pal, Daniel Houston. <laughs> um, and I knew that Daniel obviously had some uh, some experience in dealing with, you know, with numbers like this and kind of parsing what that means and, and then kind of relaying that to league wide trends. And and he had been doing a lot of study in this field. So he had a lot of awareness in what kind of the baseline is for a lot of this stuff. Um, I also need to make sure that I'm, I'm crediting Alan Yu for a lot of help with, with a lot of this stuff as well. He gave me a lot of the initial numbers that we, I was working off of. There's lots of people to thank along these, this line for this, but I, I was able to track 115 of these plays during my time at, at training camp. I gave Daniel the information and what basically what I tracked was uh, pre-snap motion, personnel grouping by number. So 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 21, et cetera. And the actual individual players uh, that w- the actual that were shiftable. And so I didn't include, obviously, offensive linemen because those we kind of know who those starters are going to be. They aren't rotating those guys out. Uh, we know who the quarterback is, so I wasn't obviously keeping track of that because I was only doing first-team reps. So basically it's the wide receiver, tight end, and running back personnel that were being deployed onto the field. And now, Daniel... We have reached the part of this conversation where we need to bring in, I think, the caveats of this information, right? Um, yeah, so uh, let's talk about 115 snaps. Yes. Um, this is a small number of plays. This is, the, um, this is basically what the Cowboys were showing to the public um, as they were kind of running their first team offense in a number of different situations. Um, Landon tells me that uh, a number of these situations were kind of late game, two minute drill, red zone. And as you can imagine, this is going to potentially uh, skew things like the run pass percentages quite a bit based on how much they employed a certain situation. And we don't necessarily have like a record of all of these things. Um, because I mean, taking down that data was already intensive enough play by play much less doing so and tracking whether it was a two-minute drill or not. Um, so the big caveats are we're not paying as much attention to the run-pass rates uh, that, the teams, that, that, that the team displayed, although we will mention them. Um, but we're really looking for pre-snap motion, for personnel package uh, usage, and then also for, this is my, my greatest interest besides the motion statistics, but um, the combinations of players that we're seeing on the field at the same time and kind of uh, what we can draw from these things, because it is the case, I think that these coaches want to get as many reps for their first team as possible and probably do not want to waste them on players who aren't going to see the field this year. Um, So I think there are some really interesting consistencies that we see in these public first team reps. Getting first team reps in pods or in half speed, that's one thing. I mean, they, they may try to sub you in if, if you're having a good practice just to see, you know, or or even just one-on-ones or that sort of thing. But getting a first team rep in a full speed, full padded contact, those are, I mean, you don't, like, I went to, uh, I think, five or six practices and 100, 115 snaps was the total that they had. For those, yeah. so there, they, which is not a lot if you think about how long practices are and how many snaps there are, uh, it's 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 a rare thing. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it, they there is weight here. 
and, and to to Daniel's point, I do think uh, what he pointed out earlier. I, I do think that this is maybe disproportionately weighted towards two minute numbers, uh, more the, so than red zone. I, but I I the, I think the red zone proportions are probably accurate to you know a, a real game you know number of weighted the number of red zone snaps that you would have in a real game i mean i, I think that's a, a closer number i think the non-red zone snaps are probably more heavily weighted to two-minute situations than in real life um which like dana said it, it disrupts it disrupts the the run play ratio but I think the interesting thing here, Daniel, and to me the most interesting thing that we got out of this was that sh- the, that that occurrence of high number of two minute snaps that should depress the number of pre snap motion that snaps that we're getting. That should that should actually mm-hmm. lower the percentage of 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 pre snap motion snaps that we're getting because teams aren't going to want to run a bunch of motion while they're working against the clock. You know, they're trying to, you know, quickly get up to the line, get the snap off, get the play gun, get out of bounds, or, or if not get quickly back up to the line to spike the ball or call a timeout. Um, so keeping that in mind with those caveats, let's talk about the actual numbers. Uh, first let's, let's kind of establish a baseline. Again, right now we're talking about motions. We'll talk a little bit more about personnel frequency later. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, shifts later. Uh, both of those have some kind of interesting caveats of their own, but speaking about pre-snap motion right now, Daniel, give me the, uh, the baseline of what league wide was and what the Cowboys were at percentage wise of snaps in 2018. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm drawing these numbers from a recent article in The Ringer mm-hmm. where they interviewed uh, Kellen Moore um, and did this pretty in-depth article on a number of the ways that he might be changing up the, the Cowboys offense and keeping it the same in some Real ways. quick, that was a and very timely of, article for us, wasn't oh, it? That was, that, was, that was beautiful when that came out. I was like, wow, this, yeah. is, this is very impressive. Everyone go read this yes. article in The Robert Ringer Mace. if you hadn't um, already. It's great. Uh, one of the things that they mentioned, they cite Sports Info Solutions, one of the main you know, uh, companies that uh, you know, does, does this type of research. What Sports Info Solutions has tallied is that across the league, 37% of offensive snaps in, involve some kind of pre-snap motion, 37%. The Cowboys last year were at 31%, which ranked them 24th among 32 teams in the league. So they were below average in their pre-snap motion usage last year in 2018. That pretty much fits with our um, yeah. you know, perceptions. Or Raise your hands if you're surprised by those numbers. Almost no yeah. one's hand is up. I can, I, it doesn't matter if, if I'm a podcast or live, I see the same number of hands up. That's zero. Everyone, everyone is, that sounds, I, mean, I think if anything, the Cowboys number seems high to me even. But, <laughs> I think, yeah, no one is surprised that the Cowboys are well below league average. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised either if I had learned that they were right around average. You know, it's hard to judge yeah, that's, percentages that's, that's just from with the eye test and our frustration. You know, as fans in certain moments gets exaggerated too. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it, it it wasn't a surprise to me to see them below average either. Um, but that was in 2018, um, and that that was numbers from uh, Sports Info Solutions. So. of snaps in the league involved pre-snap motion 
in 2018, and the Cowboys were below that. In training camp, in these 115 snaps that we saw, some of which were two-minute drill and were less likely to potentially involve pre-snap motion, the overall percentage of of these 115 plays that involve pre-snap motion was 57%, which, I mean, that's pretty high. <laughs> under all circumstances, no matter how you look at it, uh, 57%. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I imagine that's a top five type usage rate. Yeah. Um, if you were looking at teams last year, and um, that's potentially with these caveats we've mentioned, that could be low. So we could be seeing uh, a Cowboys offense this year that's employing pre-snap motion uh, in excess of 60%, maybe by the time we're, uh, we're in the regular season. And that's that would be roughly double what they what they employed last year uh, before the snap. Um, so, but there there was another really interesting thing you found here, Landon, when you were tracking these plays. I mean, you you found yeah, roughly sixty percent of the time they were using pre snap motion, and yet you went in this year trying to also track a slightly different concept of how often they were using shifts, and you didn't see a single shift that they did in public, in these public first team practices. Um, so <laughs> that doesn't seem like something that's likely to continue to me. Uh, that seems like something where perhaps in a forward-facing way, they're hiding some of their deceptive uses of shifts, even as they're planning to use pre-snap motion perhaps more than half of the time. Yeah, I mean, they have a whole section of uh, of morning practices that are not open to the public and i would not at all be surprised uh if you know someone if we were to hear that they were working on shifts in those practices because and and the reason i actually even came up with that is because i went to go track the the i I was gonna add in the first preseason game snaps into our database but i stopped Mm -hmm. Because after about three or four plays, I realized they weren't even doing any motion at all. Yeah. And, and, it, and I, as I watched the rest of the game, I kept the numbers in the database for a little while. But as I watched the rest of the game, I noticed they didn't run motion even one time. <laughs> Which to me is like, okay, so they are clearly putting some deception out there. Or putting it, you know, or at least extremely vanilla, vanillaizing their offense even beyond what they're doing in practice. So why wouldn't they necessarily be doing the same thing with something like, and you know, and we, and I, and this is something I, I kind of was hashing out with somebody else. You know, motion is something that it's it's very much more part of the play because of what how how quickly it can often happen right before the snap. Um, you know, the player that's actually motioning has to be able to on the fly, see the adjustments that are being made to the defense as he's motioning to, to either, you know, to get the read that you're trying to get from the motion. Uh, you know, all these things, I, I think, make it a little bit more difficult to kind of be able to try to separate out practicing motion. And, and I don't even know that really, you know, motion is such a simple thing that I don't know that it's it. it needs that a separate practice per se i think shifts can often be complicated and 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 because it happens you know almost in this area of time 
that exist between the the snap of the the break of the huddle and the snap of of the football you know people shift and then get in then you know they they line up shift and then reset and that's when the play kind of starts and even even the motion that may happen that's at that point is when that starts so i feel like those are things that even can be practiced they don't have to be part of the mechanism of practicing that play that can just be something that they can work on and get used to and they're like okay we're gonna you know shift from a uh 11 spread to uh 11 tight or you know what i'm saying or you know mm-hmm. I, I was i would imagine more so with like 12 personnel or 13 personnel or or you know when you've got tight ends or or an extra running back those guys can kind of line up wherever so you can have all right we're gonna have a 12 dynamite 12 where they're both lining up on the line of scrimmage uh and then they'll shift where they line out line up into more of a slot position and blah 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 those are things that can be practiced separately so I, I think that it's to me, if we had seen a couple of shifts, like that would have been one thing. But the fact that we saw zero shifts is <laughs> is suspicious exactly in the same way that we saw zero motions in the game. Yeah. So I think Yeah, it's kind of hard to wrap because it's I mean, if we just tracked this in the regular season last year, i even with under the Linehan offense, you're you're seeing, I'm sure, a number of shifts per game. And every team is doing this. Uh, you know, it's it's not a like unique or or particularly revolutionary concept, I imagine. And so to see zero percent of of snaps in public, uh, you know, that are the this particular nature of shift, I, I think is really unusual and almost certainly intentional. Well, um, yeah, I mean, Kellen Moore was on the team that ran that the Statue of Liberty play yeah. <laughs> against OU, and, <laughs> and 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 so like my point is is that. You know, I mean, I'm not patting my back. It's because I don't think I did anything exceptional except look at coaching tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. Through that, we were able to kind of correctly guess. And then as the time went on, get reaffirmed that motions were going to be a larger part of, of this offense because that's part of Kellen Moore's offensive DNA, right? Mm -hmm. We also predicted shifts would be like that as well. And I, 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 like I said, if you go back and watch Boise State from back then, the idea that that team, that that, that guy who was uh, the quarterback for that team wouldn't be bringing shifts into his offense as well. I mean, they did all kinds of crazy shifts. So I, I think it's, to me, it's, it, it definitely falls under the category of suspiciously quiet from the, uh, <laughs> from the shift department as far as I'm concerned. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Make sure you are following Daniel on Twitter at CowboyStats. I can't recommend him enough. Uh, he does some, some fantastic work with NFL Scrap. Uh, make sure you check him out. Uh, you can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 